At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trena. Very excited for this edition. We have the legendary Bill Raftery coming up in a little while. Uh, I told you last week we're going to change things up very slightly, not dramatically, just slightly. And the top of every podcast, first half hour or so, give or take 10 minutes, will always be on sports media and we'll touch on sports media news and what's going on. I'm going to roll some people through here to riff with me and chop it up with me today i've got one of my si.com colleagues he's a brilliant writer for sports illustrated jack dickey is here jack how are you i'm good jimmy thank you for having me on it's my pleasure a little background on jack he he's into media a lot not as much as politics me and jack talk about jack and i talk about (laughs) politics all day long but he he's very into sports media so he knows what he's talking about but on top of that he has a little bit of uh there's good history there. You were on Jeopardy and won some money. Yeah, this was almost a year ago. You were with Deadspin, and you were part of writing the Manti, Manti Teo story yeah. that everyone knows about. That was you. And last but not least, I got you unblocked on this podcast from Darren <laughs> Rovell, and then he gave you like a retweet last week. Isn't that really in this time of divisiveness because of the psycho in the White House? It all came together because I got on Rovell to unblock you. Well, you know, the reason he blocked me in the first place was because of that the the election to which you're referring. Tell, you want to tell the story? Yeah, we I can love... tell it briefly. Yeah. Uh, Darren, I think it was during during the <laughs> second or third debate. It was it was I I, the, I remember the moment during Republican in 2016. debate. No, the pre, the presidential okay. Hillary and Trump. Okay, it was the no puppet moment. Right, no puppet. You're the puppet. Right, and uh, Darren sent off a tweet that said something to the effect of, "I feel." Bad for the country, but this is tremendous content. Right. And so being a little bit of a troublemaker and not knowing what to do on election night, uh, just because <laughs> it was an unexpected outcome, I retweeted his tweet because it, it, it conveyed my thoughts. Not a quote tweet. Not a just quote a tweet. Just a plain retweet. You didn't retweet. add any commentary. There was yeah. no, you're an idiot. No, 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 no. Okay. Because I did feel terrible for the country, but it was tremendous content. Right. And uh, he blocked me. 
immediately thereafter. That's such a strange block. Because I was just, I was amplifying his thought, which I thought was was on point for you the You weren't moment. retweeting it to send people after him for- No, absolutely okay, not. Okay, okay. And then Rovell came on the SI Media Podcast, and I said, please unblock my friend Jack Dickey, and then he unblocked <laughs> him, and now you two are Twitter friends. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that lovely? Uh, I'll also tell you, a lot of people on Twitter, I've been ranting and raving like a lunatic against DirecTV on Twitter, and I finally <laughs> canceled their service over the weekend, and people want to hear the full story, so I'll, I'll do that, too. Um, well, let's start with some sports media stuff that's going on. Well, let's start with what's going on at the moment, because we're taping this Tuesday. Mike Trout signed his $430 million contract. I, I'm of the belief, and I know if you say this on Twitter, you get crucified. You're, you're not allowed to say Mike Trout's boring. You get like, you know, <laughs> how dare you? You know, he's a great guy. And you can be a great guy and be boring. You can be a great player and be boring. But I feel like his boringness hurts Major League Baseball. I know you're a big baseball fan. Do you think $430 million contract will give him any incentive to maybe become more of the face of the game? Obviously, he doesn't need the money. But I do think he has some sort of – there is an important role here as the best player in the game, don't you think? There's a role, and and – I just don't think he and the league agree on what that role is. I mean, it was a big thing last All-Star game when Rob Manfred said, you know, you have to have a willing participant uh, to to market this guy as, as this big star. And so, you know, everyone, inclu- including me, I wrote a column about it, rushed to Trout's defense and said, you know, Baseball's made all these horrible missteps in marketing its talent, and now suddenly they're trying to blame the players, and it's characteristic with any number of things they do. I think the thing is, not everyone has to be... Well, that... uh, I wrote something saying, the issue isn't that he has to have more... He doesn't have the personality, and that's fine. Don't try to force him. He doesn't have it. But I also don't think people who say he doesn't have a great personality have to be ripped to shreds. He's allowed to not have a great personality. That's life. There are people who are not born to be fools or entertain (laughs) or be funny. You look at a guy like Alex Bregman. He's out there every second on social media. That could be annoying to some people. Some people might like that. I'm just saying if you're in the position of an ESPN or a Fox or MLB Network and you're like, oh, coming up with an interview with Mike Trout. Now, if the NBA says coming up with an interview with LeBron, you're interested. Tom Brady in the NFL, you're interested. Trout, you know you're getting absolutely nothing. I think that does hurt the game a little bit. That's true, but part of the problem too. Also, you bring up everyone you just mentioned: Bregman, mm-hmm. LeBron, Brady. These guys are in the playoffs. They go deep in the playoffs. The Trout's played in, I believe, three playoff games. Or I mean, something. That's a vanishingly good point. Small. That he need he needs a postseason run maybe to get that attention, get some new fans. Maybe then yeah. he'll. Yeah, that's that's, that's not going to happen point. for a while though. Right, right. Well, that's the other thing. Well, that's a whole other issue. Is when these players sign these long contracts and. The team stinks. It's, it's it's a little interesting to me. Like, don't you want to go to a winner at some point? But if you're Mike cool. Trout, I yeah. mean, you're in nice place. You know, owner spends on the team at least. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that you want to go to Philly, and clearly he didn't. Yeah. So he just wants to watch the Weather Channel, and <laughs> be the best player in the game, and that's it. And he's content. Um, the other story this week is uh, the Hollywood Reporter of all places reported that. ESPN flew out to Denver to meet with Peyton Manning. They want him for Monday Night Football, obviously. If, if ESPN hired Peyton Manning, you think it makes a big difference in the grand scheme of things in terms of ratings? you think it brings people to the 
to the TV. I mean, I almost would argue that ASPN's not going to get any near, nowhere near the attention they got last year for being bad on the <laughs> Monday Night Booth. But what do you think about Peyton? I think he'd do well. I don't. I don't think that's the question. I think the question. You know, if you set the bar that high as to is there an analyst who's going to make people watch a game, there isn't one. I mean, even yeah. Tony Romo, uh, you know, I, I don't think people are tuning. I mean, they just happen to have good games most of the time with with that group. I like he does well and he he incre- he he brings maybe, you know, B plus game to an A minus. But, you know, especially when you're talking about Monday Night Football, where there are so many bells and whistles and, you know, you got testatory, you got. This whole, you know, long lead-in every Monday night. I just, you know, I don't think the who the analyst is is going to make a huge difference either way. Well, that's interesting because he's going to end up getting like five million, six million a year to do those games, and you know, they would probably be banking on him bringing some viewers to. I, I sort of feel like you you hit it. If you're a football fan, you're going to watch football no matter what. It doesn't matter who the announcers are. Announcers aren't going to make people tune out necessarily. Um, I just don't. I don't get the. I just don't get the feverish desire for Peyton Manning. I get. I get that. I get it from the standpoint of he's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback. I mean, I think it's Brady, but he's a top five quarterback of all time. So maybe he gives you that analysis in the booth that would really be impressive. But in terms of the personality, I've said this a million times. Anytime he's been funny, it's been someone writing for him. He's show me where on his own he's been. Fi- I even went last night or the day before, I think, when I was writing. I look back, he was like mic'd up for a game. He was boring. He wasn't. Well, there was the one, the one, goddamn it, Donald play on YouTube. You remember right. that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where Donald Brown missed the and, block. Yeah, that he, was hilarious. And he had the quote about the idiot kicker. Yeah, that was funny. I, I'll give him that for sure. Um, but I think for him to be successful, he'd have to go like hard X's and O's from like that quarterback perspective that no one else has especially someone like him who's probably seeing things no one else can see given yeah his performance throughout his and career. it's tough to do that i mean i spent a, a whole preseason game with witten and the monday night crew last fall right. uh and i think you know it, it wasn't as though jason witten didn't have the football knowledge that's necessary to to thrive in that role right. it's just hard to distill all that knowledge into a quick soundbite, you know, a few seconds after a play has happened. Now, where I think Manning would help ESPN is, you know, they're always kind of saddled with, or not always, the last few years, they've been saddled with this narrative of, oh, we're we're not doing what we used to do. We had a bunch of layoffs where, you know, you know, Monday Night Football was kind of not what we wanted it to be. And so when you're trying to go to market and get advertisers to spend tens of millions of dollars with you... Mm-hmm. Saying we have the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time wants to join our company, right? That's something. I mean, he already does do the ESPN Plus right. show with them, but right, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, it, he's getting, he's not just getting hired for what he would do in the booth. It's the marketing aspect of it. It's to sort of clear away the stench from last year with <laughs> with it. Would not, it wasn't just Winton's fault. There was no chemistry there, right. and Booker McFarlane's on a crane, and and also. ESPN wants their version of, of Tony Romo. So there's a lot of sort of boxes that get checked if you do hire Peyton Manning. And, of course, you better hope there's a lot of boxes to check because he's going to be getting a massive amount of money. Right. I, I think maybe he would pay for himself in terms of the additional advertising revenue he'd draw 
in that first year. But I think from then on, you're kind of talking about is Monday Night Football the broadcast people want to watch? And just recent years, it hasn't been in that, you know, that you can assign blame wherever you want. But, you know, probably the bigger challenge for ESPN is is just making sure it gets from the NFL the games that are going to make uh, its schedule successful. Right. Jim Miller made a great point on this podcast two or three weeks ago where he said if you're, if you're he said Tony Romo, Tony Romo has basically ruined the game for everyone at this point. Like if you're Peyton Manning, why do you even bother taking the job? Like what's the upside? I, I don't know because you're just always going to be compared to Romo. I yeah. mean, that's going to happen from day one. And if you're Peyton Manning after the, the successful career you had, like, do you really need that aggravation? I don't know. And he's already shown, like, he, you know, part of the reason he didn't take the job when he was first offered it, you know, he doesn't want to call games that Eli does. I've heard from multiple sources he doesn't want to call games Tom Brady does. So just even that wishy-washiness, would, if I was ESPN, I'd be nervous about giving him the gig. Yeah, and I, that's something I don't think you want. You want someone who comes in and... At least pays lip service to the fact that they're willing to criticize former teammates or or, or former uh, contemporaries. Contemporaries, yeah. right? I I think the Romo bar. I, I don't think anyone's going to meet it because he's just what he does is not something we've seen any analyst do previously. And I think <laughs> you have to come into this job and just think, well, I'm not going to be Tony Romo. How can I be? You know the next best. Yeah. Um, let's change. Let's shift gears. Uh, are you are you big into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I I enjoy it as a television event. Right. I'm not really a college basketball. Do you have fan. announcers you like or don't like for the tournament? Well, the legendary Bill Raftery. Well, I mean, you can't. There's no one who doesn't like Bill Raftery. Um, but no. But I do mean, you feel like there's an underrated tournament announcer? Because to, I I feel like CBS. And Turner, because now they're partners. I feel like they do a very good job covering that. I don't. I don't love Barkley and Kenny Smith as the uh, right as the studio host, but I feel like for the game coverage, they do a good a job as you could do. I mean, it's a pretty lengthy. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Harlan's just sort of a he's an institution, right? You know, Ian Eagle's always a treat. Like I, I the roster is about. It's got pretty much everyone you could want. Well, what's your cable system at home? I got FiOS. Do you okay? Because the game now that will begin Thursday at twelve o'clock is what channel is True TV? Like <laughs> we're still playing that game. I feel like is that still going? Yeah, on? Yeah, I I mean I can't find. You know, I wish I wish I had one of those where you could talk into the remote and it would just tell you what channel it is. Wait, but, hold on now. I switch from DirecTV to FiOS and I have that feature. Okay, well I don't have the new FiOS uh, box yet. I have the you, old FiOS. I was going to save that for later, but let me tell you, when you hit that button and you go CNN, boom, there's Anderson <laughs> Cooper. ESPN, boom, there's Scott Van Pelt. It is, that is, that's it's, it's true TV. I'm, you want it for though, because well, you can learn those channel numbers. That, that is CNN six hundred, ESPN's five seventy, yeah. but True TV. True TV is. Uh, it, well, it's always lumped in with the TBS and the TNT, but it's just it's just funny to me that every year people complain on Twitter about where it is, and all you have to do is Google what channel is True TV on DirecTV, on Fios, on Optimum, whatever year. I don't know if you have to really bring it to <laughs> Twitter. Just do the Google search, yeah, and you'll get the- People like to complain. I should have printed out the list of channels it is and <laughs> read it off as like a public service <laughs> for uh, for everyone. Um, the other There was a little bit of news, too, with uh, Robin Roberts is going to host- 
the NFL draft on ABC. The NFL draft, it just it, it's so ridiculous oh, at this man. point. Now I'm a huge Robin Roberts fan, and please, I don't want to hear about her interview with Jussie Smollett. She, she was in a tough spot there. Give her a break. The woman's a legend in broadcasting, as far as I'm concerned. Right. But like. We have one whole show on ABC, a whole separate show on ESPN, a whole separate show on the NFL Network. The N- Does anyone love the overkill more than the NFL? Well, we were just talking about ESPN's you know, future value coming in, its ability to improve its relationship with the NFL. What, what bigger gesture of goodwill could they show than saying, hey, we're going to put the NFL draft on two channels. Right. I mean, it's, it's been – last year it was on Fox as well. Now it's right. out of it's off Fox, it's on ABC. I just I don't understand why they just wouldn't simulcast the ESPN feed. They go with they're gonna have the College Game Day crew with Robin Roberts. It's it seems a little bizarre to me. I'm not sure that would be my place. Do you to watch go. the draft? The first round I do. Okay. I used to love it when it was on Saturdays, right? At noon, I guess it used to start, or maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. I don't love the the Thursday because I used to watch it. A little bit Saturday, a little bit Sunday, but now I'll watch the first round Thursday. But then Friday, I'm not watching the second right. round and all that. But I used to, I used to enjoy it when Boomer was there. Now it's Trey Wingo, who's fine. There's nothing wrong with Trey Wingo, but like Boomer adds that, like you know, there's something big going on. Quality, even if you <laughs> see, I, you're, I know you're one of the hates. Chris I'm Berman not a guys. hater. It's just I, I, you know, I think you, there's a lot of bad that comes with that. Good. I don't think there's any bad. A lot of bad, bad, bad. I mean, the guy is, you know, he is what he is, but he gave it that big event. I would love it, too, because he would always get caught trying to go to break, yelling at, like, some PA about, you know, <laughs> something went wrong. If you go to YouTube, there's a bunch of good clips of him getting mad at people during the draft. Or, well, and also not during the draft. Well, yes. Well, yes. We don't need to. Well, the, the those Chris Berman YouTube videos where he's talking about Toronto and getting the, the aspirin, air quotes. Yeah. I, I'm surprised those should be trotted out way more often than they are. Yeah, I, I don't. I think there's probably a generation that you know didn't really grow up just having ESPN on right. all the time. Yeah, and so they don't really appreciate sort of how jarring it was to hmm. see Chris Berman in that context. But for those of us who had ESPN right. on all the time, like whoa, right? It those and those sort of those videos came out really before Twitter was what it was. Like, yeah. If it came out now, it would be a much bigger deal. But just the way he's talking about how, like, he saw this shitty game on the schedule in week 10 and he got prepared for it by going <laughs> to Canada and getting some Canadian aspirin, he calls it, and yeah. he calls them doo-doo-doos. And it's... I don't understand how people don't... That video should be... Like, there should be a Twitter day once a year where that video gets <laughs> out there. It's a, there's a series of them, but they're so good. Um the other topic I wanted to hit on is the UFC and ESPN. Now, I'm not a UFC guy. I, I'm going to take it you're not a UFC yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm not. Sorry. But they've really, they've, for this whole streaming industry where it's all going to streaming with, you know, Bleacher Report has their app and ESPN, you have to now do everything through the ESPN Plus if you are a UFC fan. There's no other way to get the pay-per-views. All the fights are on there. Um in terms of hooking people into their ESPN Plus for five dollars a month, do you think this, it was a smart move to go all in on UFC? Yeah, I think that's probably the smartest move you could come up with, where you know you're not going to put, you know, marquee NBA games or 
you know, Monday night football or even Sunday night yeah. baseball, you're not going to make that exclusive to that platform. So you right. have to come up with something that has a loyal fan base, but is also kind of a niche thing. Yeah. And, and UFC, uh, there are a lot of UFC fans. They need to watch every right. every pay-per-view and and so now one thing i'm curious about i shouldn't know this but I, I i didn't really read the release clearly enough but let's say there's a pay-per-view and it's i don't know let's say it's 50 bucks just for the sake of argument you have to go through the app to then buy the pay-per-view do they then charge you 45 since you're already paying five dollars a month i would hope they would knock five dollars off the price of the pay-per-view I don't know. That's a, it's a good question. Because then it's like a double dip, no? But you're they're double dipping too. Because how much money is coming out of my cable bill to go to ESPN before I pay for ESPN Plus? It's not. It's not like because I have FiOS, I can get ESPN Plus for free. No, but if you, if you're a cord cutter and you have ESPN Plus, isn't every is everything that's on ESPN on ESPN Plus? No. Oh. I don't think maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have ESPN Plus. It's different stuff. They may have they may have the other stuff too, but I don't think so. My goal in life right now is to not pay for one more streaming service, app, anything. I, I'm I'm done. I, I've hit the maximum. But your listeners should subscribe to SITV for 4.99 a month. Sure. Go with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, everyone. I'm just saying, for me personally, I've hit the limit. I've hit like these guys here. They want me to join Spotify. This that no. I already pay for Sirius. So if I pay for Sirius, I don't want to pay for Spotify. It's enough. What does Sirius cost? Well, they're a classic company. You call and do the I'm canceling, <laughs> and you get it for about three cents at this point. I think no, I think I pay like a hundred bucks a year. Okay. They have to give it away for a cheap price because Howard only does three shows a week now. Right. So it's hard for them to justify a, a big price when they're number one. I mean, I'd say probably 75% of the people have serious have it for Howard Stern, and he only does three shows a week. It's hard to go full yeah. price. I mean, I, I like it for Willie's Roadhouse, which is the uh, classic a, country yeah. channel, but it's not it's not a good state. Like I find I have an Alexa, and I find myself listening for when when I'm in the market for music, listening to more eclectic stations. And right. Sirius XM doesn't really have that. Like, oh, see, I feel like they're they genre. Do. No, they're too genre focused right. with their stations. There's no station where you just have like. You know, a clever DJ playing music from across what genres. About, oh, from across right from a, across genres is tough. Right. I mean, like you get eighties, but no, it's but all it's 80s. right exactly. Right. Coffee so, house is right. They're they're all they're all too narrowly focused. So yeah. if I were put in charge of Sirius XM, I would change that. All right, that's a good tip. I like that. I, I mean, listen, I do think outside of Howard, it's a great service just because of the no commercials for the music channels, and I listen to Russo, Chris Russo. Oh no, that one. I, well, <laughs> That's one we'll, we'll fight about that on another one on another show. But Chris Russo's show is better than ever, while his ex partners is. Would you say as bad as ever? I I don't listen to it ever. Yeah, I um, know. Did you ever listen to sports radio? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut, so I listened to Mike and the Mad Dog. I listened to Mike and the Mad Dog. I listened to Steve Summers, Joe Benigno, all that. But but you aren't a Mike and the Mad Dog fan. No, because it was on when you know I had homework or whatever. You know, I mean, it was started when you were in school, and then what was I going to do? Like bring a boombox to school or something? <laughs> so Mike and the Mad Dog never hooked you, and that's sad. sad. Well, I I mean, I would listen to it during the summers, but then someone would always be on vacation. Right. Oh yeah, they never worked. You're Russo the talking about the Giants. It's just you know. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, we're going to veer away from sports just for a second here because you wrote about the Aunt Becky <laughs> college admission scandal for outside.com. What was your biggest takeaway from that story? What 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 stuck with you the most? Well, I was not surprised by the sort of broad phenomenon of wealthy people doing finding, shady things, doing shady things, and finding ways to get their not so bright kids into <laughs> private schools. Like I think that's a pretty well-known phenomenon. I didn't realize that there were, I assumed it, you know, was all through, oh, I know this dean or I know this, you know, consultant or whatever. But the fact that they were actually paying people to fake tests and then paying coaches to fake athletic recruiting spots, that was pretty stunning. Uh, And... You know, it it does. As someone who was rejected from one of the schools in those in, in those school? documents, I, I you don't want to say. No, I'll say. Yeah. I I really wanted to go to Yale. I didn't get into Yale. Now I found out if I had been a women's soccer recruit, and I uh, and I had paid four hundred grand to that coach, I I and would Photoshop the picture to make it look <laughs> like Photoshop the picture to make it look like yeah. I was. In this, in the pool. scoring in the top yeah. corner, you know, I'd be, uh, I'd be a completely different person. You right could now. have went to Yale, and now you're stuck doing now Jimmy st- Trainer's <laughs> podcast. What a down! That is that right there is the cautionary tale of being screwed right there by the college. I mean, I, I will say this: there's been a billion stories written about it, and everyone knows how dirty college football and college basketball, and I guess all college sports. I feel like we don't know one tenth of how dirty it is well what's funny is we think of college basketball college football whatever is emblematic of the problems in college sports but it's college football and college basketball that are paying to facilitate these programs that were (laughs) a vehicle for this corruption yeah and so you know every time you think about you know i mean i guess it's kind of funny because the the, the NCAA, those uh, the guys in the Adidas scandal were just uh, three of them are going to prison, and you sort of say, well, you know, college athletes should be paid. This really, they shouldn't have gone to prison. Now you got people, you know, faking spots on the Georgetown tennis team. Right, right. It's an we're inc- probably also going to go to prison. <laughs> it's incredible. And I, I, as a reporter, you had to be impressed with how it was reported out. I mean, they did. Well, when you're the FBI, you can do a little bit better <laughs> job than those of us just trying to get. When you when you have legal wiretaps, it's right. a little different than just trying to. Uh, well, you got Manti Teo's girlfriend. <laughs> if if anyone who's listening to this is too young to remember that, Google Manti Teo, Deadspin, and um, you'll get that whole story because it's every sports fan should get that story, and it's still like an all timer. Yeah, look up the Chris Berman videos first, and <laughs> yeah, then yeah, you have a lot of homework to do. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell everyone my DirecTV story. Before I do that, let's give a shout-out to our old colleague, Maggie Gray. She announced on her show yesterday she's pregnant, so congratulations to Maggie. We wish her nothing but the best there. I was happy to see that. And considering Maggie's pregnant, it leads me right into this beautiful oh, ad read boy. that I have to do. Congratulations, Maggie. Yeah, congratulations, Maggie. We are happy for you. But before I get to the DirecTV story, let me tell the SI Media Podcast listeners that this episode is sponsored by Roman. 
Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing the doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roma created a simple, secure way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com media, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with the doctor, and get genuine medication delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle. But with Roman, it's easy, so take care of it. Again, SI Media Podcast listeners get a free online visit. Go to GetRoman.com slash media. That's GetRoman.com slash media for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash media. Now, Roman is a great company. DirecTV is not. I have had DirecTV for 20 years. 1999 is when I first got it. The day When Sunday Ticket came out, I think I either got it the first or second year. 20-year customer DirecTV. So this is what happens. First week of September, I'm noticing about 10 or 12 channels not working, which happens every now and again. One of the channels was the NFL Network. The season was just starting, so I was starting to panic a little bit. And it was going on for a few days, so I realized it was – I thought it would just come back on. Called DirecTV, and usually they say, oh, we can send a signal and it fixes everything. They try all this. I'm on the phone, this, that. Nothing works. We have to send a technician. Okay, fine. So they send the technician in a couple of days. Guy goes on the roof and he comes in and he goes, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know who did your setup, but it is a terrible setup up there. The dishes are in the wrong spots because I have two dishes. That's a whole other story. And uh, it, it's trees blocking it now. And those di- it, it, I'm going to set you up perfectly. You're going to have no pr- you'll never have another problem again. Oh, look at this. Sounds what, great. What a guy. Thanks. OK. All right. Do your thing. OK. So he takes the two dishes that I had up there. He puts them by the garbage. TV's working now. He's giving me new stuff. Everything's fine. Turns out, so the first thing that happened was then I went to watch something on DVR. My DVR was missing. I didn't know what was going on. I called. and We have to send the technician back. He goes on the roof. It turns out, so I had two dishes on my roof for because I have nieces who are over all the time, and I have them on a separate thing. Don't ask. Yeah. And... The guy comes and goes, you had two dishes and there's only one. I go, yeah, this guy came. He goes, no, you need two. He goes, I'll, I'll go put the second dish back up on the roof. Fine. Now he does the two dish. Now everything's working. I think I'm out of the woods. Everything's great. A couple of days later, it starts to rain and there's water just pouring into my house. Oh, no. From right under where the dishes are. I mean, the water's just pouring in. So... I called direct, so it's right where the dishes were. So I called direct TV and I'm like, there's water coming in. It had to be, you know, and they te- to make a very, very long story shorter, direct TV says they don't come and fix that. I have to pay to get it fixed, send them photos and estimates, and then they will reimburse me. So right off the bat, I don't like that. So I pay like $450 to a roofer to f- fix the roof. He comes in, the roofer goes to me. You had 29 holes in your roof not patched up from the screws that the guy no. uninstalled. Never patched them up. 29 holes. That's why the water was pouring in. 
You ever see that scene in the Bellagio and the in front of the Bellagio and the waters? Like <laughs> that was my house. So he he writes out a whole thing, twenty nine holes in the roof, takes a hundred pictures. I get a someone to come a contractor because the ceiling has to be painted. There's all the damage. He charges he two hundred two thousand for that. So you're talking about like around three thousand dollars worth of damage. Send it all out to Directv. They write me a letter back. We have no proof we did this. We're not reimbursing you. Oh. So there's a couple of things here. One, they say they have no proof, but I sent them all the pictures, all the letters. So this is where they get you. If you have to do a service call from DirecTV, they say they're not responsible. They outsource it. The technicians right. are a separate company. So DirecTV is like, we have nothing to do with this. You got to go through. Indirect TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're like, you got to go through, I forgot the company's name, like All Tech or something, something tech. They're the ones who say, we're not, we have no proof. So now I call them. I'm like, you think I'm on my roof playing around and putting <laughs> holes in my roof just for fun? I mean, I'm the least handiest man. I need a Xanax to go into a Home Depot. I'm not playing on a roof. And they say that they have no proof and that their uh, instructors are not supposed to move dishes. I'm like, the guy told me, he, I threw the two dishes in the garbage, you know. Well, we don't have proof. So I said, okay, I've been with you guys for 20 years. My bill is like 200 plus a month. Then I spend the $300 a month for the NFL Sunday. The only reason I had DirecTV was because of the Sunday ticket. Right. I mean, I'm a slave to the NFL. I would have gotten rid of it long ago because every time it snows or rains, the dish goes out. Anyway, I then I say to them, okay, so let me get this straight. I have to now sue you to get the money. Like this is what we have for $3,000 when I've given it over 20, you know. And the woman on the phone then just goes, don't worry, it won't go that far. I go, wait, are you trying to tell me that you can't tell me? Like basically if I like go to small claims court and sue, then you'll settle and just give me the money. She's like, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Wow. Now I am not a man of principle, but I couldn't take that. I, had to, I was like, there's no way I can in good conscience give DirecTV my money every month after they did that. Like I had no choice but to cancel them. Now I know in the first Sunday of the NFL season, I'm gonna have complete withdrawals. Or you can just go to Reddit. That's what everyone says, Reddit. I don't, li I, listen. I'm old. I want it on the TV, okay? I don't want to deal with Reddit, streams freezing. I see people, someone here, I'll see people on Twitter, oh, this stream went out. Can I get another stream? I, I'm not doing that. I'll go to, what I'll do is, listen, the best 425 game is on TV now every week. Right. So really, it's just one o'clock that's an issue. I'll go to a sports bar every week. Um, there's a lot of people here. Kevin Driscoll, our social media manager, who's sitting right out there. He's He, he gets an online Sunday ticket I, so he's like, do that. I looked into it. But they only do that if you live somewhere. If you can't get DirecTV. Now, you could say, I can't get DirecTV because I can't have any more holes in my right, roof. exactly. Because you're, you outsource it to some <laughs> schmuck. So that, so should I have canceled, do you think? Or should I have just like sucked it up? I, I tried to be a man of principle and I canceled. I, I mean, the, you talk about needing a Xanax to go into Home Depot. The logistical challenges of... Got to find a contractor. Got to find a lawyer now who's going to bring well, some. I'm not going to represent myself. <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, I don't think I need well, a lawyer for this one. I bet you got to get dressed up and go to court. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the logistical headaches and, uh, you know, the companies do this kind of thing all the time. You know, your health insurer denies right, everything right, right. you ask for the first time. But the idea that you're going to jump through all these hoops 
So then you can go back to paying two hundred dollars a month for for Directv. Is, right. is is pretty. So absurd. now I'm Verizon FiOS. So no now one has you'll to, grow to hate it. No one has to grow my roof. Go on my roof. Why? Why do you, do you not like FiOS? What's the? Uh, well, give me pros and cons. Okay, so my my top cons: no C-SPAN in HD. Oh my None of the God. C-SPAN family of channels in HD. Not a problem for me. No Turner Classic Movies in HD. Not a problem. Okay. Well, so those are those are the top cons. Can I ask a question? Aren't the Turner movie cla- is it Turner Classic Movies? Yeah. Are they in black and white? Well, some of them are in black and white, but I mean it depends what era they were shot in. Some are in the 4:3 okay. ratio, but then right. some are widescreen. And so, you know, black and white doesn't mean you don't need HD. These were all shot on film. That's true. Yeah, because I'll watch the Honeymooners in HD when it's on like Channel Eleven. Right. And there's a noticeable difference than when it's not in HD. Right. And just imagine if instead of the Honeymooners, it's you know the the Bogey, greatest works. Bo- Bogey and Bacall. Bogey and Bacall. You know. So so no okay so but those are issues that I that I can deal with no no C-SPAN in <laughs> HD and no I want I don't want to hear about like outages or they lie on your bill. That's I the, haven't had any outages. I. My my contract is coming up because I've I've lived at my current place for one year and they are going to increase my rate yeah. and so I'm stealing myself for that negotiation. Don't go to Directv. Yeah, but I, you're a young guy. The the cutting the cord isn't isn't a well. Thought. I, so I like uh, I like sports and I, and I sort of it's it's historically been the case that the TV sports. You need to have cable, but right. Thank you, Mister Reddit Stream. Okay, that, I knew that was a bullshit line. With well, the Reddit. And that's the other thing too. I don't want. I don't want Reddit Stream that's ten minutes behind the TV. You can get the Reddit streams for the football, okay? But mm. trying to get you know Mets Marlins on a Reddit stream and Brandon, get on the mic here for a second. Our producer, Brandon. What do you? You're young. You caught the cord yet, or you have cable? What do you? What do you do? Uh, I have cable, but I also stream as well. What do you have for cable though? Uh, Spectrum. I heard that's terrible. That's yeah, terrible. Spectrum is not great. Yeah, all right. So he hasn't. So a lot of people out there in the newsroom have cut the cord, but uh, the three of us have not cut the cord yet. Well, I, I will never cut the cord. I can so tell you that I've right heard now. good things about YouTube TV and good things about Fubo, but I think, as I understand it, none of them had exactly the combination of ch- of channels I needed. Like yeah. one has SNY, but no Yes, and one right. has MSG, but no, you know. And so the so then you get to your point earlier about how many friggin' streaming services you're going to have to subscribe to. Yeah. Well, I would the, the thing is I just I want to watch TV. I, I when I when I complained on Twitter about DirecTV sucking, a lot of people did say get YouTube TV. I feel like that's a big one that's growing. The thing that got me with the only thing that got me with Fios is I was trying to get into a lower package, to have a lower bill, but it didn't have MLB Network got out of that and it didn't have Russo, C- and it didn't yeah. have the cbs sports exactly high heat chris russo and that didn't have cbs sports network so i i, I was bumped yeah, into the higher of, package uh... yeah all right so jack i appreciate you coming on we're going to get you on here we're going to rotate you in and out did you enjoy this how bad was it uh it was tough why why was it tough you just I'm have to kidding, talk i'm kidding we'll go out in the newsroom we'll argue about trump in a few minutes uh... after I, after i read this spot and we got bill raftery and then after that we can we can talk about George and Kellyanne Conway and whether they're going to get divorced. Yeah, we can tape that and email it to anyone who wants yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jack. Uh, we do have Bill Raftery coming up. Before we get to the legendary Raft, let me just tell you that this episode of the SI Media Podcast is also sponsored by Lightstream. 
The average interest rate on credit card debt is over 18% APR. Have you looked at your interest rate lately? If you go to Lightstream, you can refinance your high interest credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Get a rate as low as 6.14 APR with AutoPay. The rate is fixed. It will never go up. You can get a loan anywhere from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. When you have good credit, you deserve great service and a low interest, fixed rate loan from Lightstream. Of course, that's lending uncomplicated. We want you to save even more, and if you want to save even more, my listeners get an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get that discount is to go to lightstream.com slash SImedia, lightstream.com slash SImedia, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash SImedia. Subject to credit approval, rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash SImedia for more information. And now let's get right to Bill Raftery. All right. I'm excited for this one. One of my all-time favorites in sports media. And you will hear a lot from him over the next few weeks as the NCAA tournament gets underway. The legendary Bill Raftery. Bill, how are you? Jimmy, thanks a million for putting me on. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for doing this. I know this is a crazy time for you. We uh, get the tournament rolling on Thursday. You've been with CBS 33 years and uh, when the tournament kicks off that first day, is it still as exciting as ever, or is it old hat to you at this point? Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, interesting because the Big Ten tournament sort of gets us in tune, you know. Uh, it sort of raises the level of everything. You know, your interest, obviously, is supposed to be keen all year, but just like the players and the coaches, you know, as you approach the tournament, things sort of kick in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like so important to so many people that uh, you just don't want to let anybody down. So you get in gear and obviously get pumped up and uh, get ready for that. The first days is like people think it's a grind, uh, but it's it's sort of a labor of love, to be honest with you. It's funny because I wanted to ask you about that that first day because you do multiple games in a day. You're at the arena all day, all afternoon, all night. Is there sort of, do you have to pace yourself on that first day? Do you worry about energy level on that first day? Or is the, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and you're good to go for that 12 hours or however many hours it is on that first well, day? Well, Mark, Mark Wolf, who you know, who's our producer, uh, he repeated, you know, he makes sure that we maintain energy, though. It's always a... Uh, you know, he if he spots anything, he lets you know. Uh, so, yeah, we try and do we try and give it give it our all, just like the players are. Right. And uh, you know, I guess the challenge is really getting ready for the games. You know, the, uh, if you don't know five or six teams, uh, then you really got to hustle on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're doing Thursday, obviously. Right. And we're, we're lucky this year because we do have the extra day and. That gives us a chance to watch all the teams on Thursday and you know chat with the coaches, SIDs, radio people. Yeah, I know, you know that follow the team. 
Yeah. Like I know on Friday you have uh, Virginia against Gardner-Webb. I'm going to assume, as great as you are, you, you don't know a ton about Gardner-Webb off the top of your head. Uh, <laughs> no. So what you do is you start first on Gardner-Webb. Right. Uh, you know, that that's basically it, which, uh, you know, today I've done and we'll, you know, move forward from there. Virginia I've had. Right. A number of these so it's a, uh, you know, an opportunity really to see what they did in their recent tournament, uh, that that type of thing, and catch up. And the one nice thing, too, about the way things are done now with the videos and all, and getting ready for some games, not Gardner-Webb, for example, but other teams that you're getting ready for, that you've seen them play somebody else that you were getting ready for. So there's a little familiarity, but then, you know, not enough to really feel comfortable so I think, like everybody that does what we are doing, uh, it's not that it's not the, the amount of stuff that you write down and learn or try and learn. You only use a little bit of it because once the game starts, that takes you in all sorts of directions. So you know you just have to go with the flow as well. Right. And is it? I assume for you, it's all handwritten notes. You write all this stuff out. You have your sheets there at the table. Is that how you still do it? Same thing as ever, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to change anything. It's been good to me. Uh, but, yeah, and again, it's like really for the bedroom. You know, you just have it maybe during a timeout. You want to see something that maybe you forgot. Right. Uh, but by the time the game starts, it's, uh, you know, you just play off of one another. And uh, fortunately with Grant, it makes my job a lot easier, too, because he sees things in his light. And, uh, you know, we have a chance to talk about it before games or at practice as well about a kid we like or what they do that works pretty well. Yeah. I'm curious. Sports has become so fractured now just because of the way people consume them with streaming and every game and every sport is basically available. It used to not be like that, but, you know, everyone the sports packages and you can watch whatever you want. And even though that's the case, it doesn't feel like the tournament has lost any of its cachet in terms of being part of Americana and the excitement that it builds. I, I personally I think a lot of it has to do with gives people a chance to goof off at work on a Thursday afternoon, a time when you normally don't have sports. <laughs> but in this world where the ratings are down and people are watching things differently, it, the, 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 it doesn't seem that the excitement for the tournament has wavered at all. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, no, I, I agree totally. I, I, you know, just when you travel around, it's uh, who do you like or what, what about our team? Or uh, And this starts earlier in the year, too. It's not just like the last month or so. You know, do we have a chance? You know, we beat so-and-so. Uh, where, you know, where will that put us? Uh, and now November and December have become really important for those quadrant wins. Uh, that that they talk about so often, so that that sort of uh, you know it, it starts early basically. Yeah. You know, your teams might be in Maui and then get two quality wins. Well, boy, that puts them in the driver's seat early. Uh, so that sometimes carries them into their conference tournament. So yeah, it it just seems to be something that has its niche. You know, uh, I can see in Jim Nance. You know, he just popped in the other day and. This is his favorite month. Of course, I say you say that until you get to the Masters, you know. Right, right. The Super Bowl or whatever. Right. But he just, I think it's just a refreshing aspect. We see the kids at their best. You know, you can see what the, the shots that Fish takes, that, you know, the energy that people exude just to, 
you know, for their team. I mean, the fan is what makes this tournament. Yeah. And it seems like they're young and old. Uh, this is the crazy part of the year for them. I, and I, the feeling I'm getting is I feel like there's a little more energy for this one than the last few. And I I have a feeling the um, the gambling aspect of it is a factor now that it's legal in some states. I feel is I didn't know I didn't know they gambled on that. I never heard that. <laughs> Do you know what a point spread is? Have you ever heard of a point spread? You know I mean? No, no. I went to a Catholic school. Oh. We never talked about that stuff. But you know, I I do have friends and, and you know, maybe someday down the line they say the greatest weekend in the world of Vegas is this one. Yes. It's like yes. Um, the excitement for it. But uh yeah, you know, it's it, it's and listen. Uh, they claim, and you would know better than me, what made the NFL in the fifties was the point spread. Yeah, you know that people really wanted to, you know, have a, a vested interest in the outcome of the Giant Colts game. You know, right. So, uh, you know, any listen, anybody that jumps in and, and and wants to be a part of this just makes it a better overall view or picture for the public, and that's yeah. what we like. Little action never hurt anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've uh, had some interest yourself on occasion. On occasion, um, it's funny you mentioned people coming up to you asking about their teams, and in my head, I hear the name Bill Rafter, and I think of this legendary, iconic broadcaster who has these phrases that people love as well. And I, I picture people running up to you screaming onions and send it in. Does that ever happen, or people yes. restrain? Yeah. Oh, that does, that does. Okay. Well, I never, I never knew. Uh, you know, that some of them I never knew I was saying, like man to man was man to man until different times at the airport. Uh, when I was a little younger, somebody would say, man to man, I'm going, what the heck's wrong with that guy? <laughs> I, you know, and I really, a lot of it I just did to get out of the play by play guy's way, right. you know, describe what the defense, and then he would set up the players, etc. But, uh, yeah, it is fun to hear them. Uh, you, you do hear a lot of them as you're walking through. I mean, sometimes I'll have a young person say, send it in, Jerome. Right. And I'm going, boy, you were not there. I know that. <laughs> uh, at, at the pit game. And, and, and that, that game at Fitzgerald when Jerome Lane dunked the ball, yeah. uh, we had not really seen. I think Daryl Dawkins had had a dunk and broke a backboard in high school prior to that. But never seeing it in public because right. I basically couldn't touch the net when I played <laughs> you know, on, on a running jump. But uh, it, it was amazing how many people over the years said they were there. And I think Fitzgerald had about 6,500 in it. And it seems like there were ten or 12,000 and everybody's got a piece of glass, they tell me. So <laughs> it is incredible, uh, you know, the the way things carry on over the years. Now, I don't I don't know how how aware you are of what goes on on the internet. I, I would assume you're not a big World Wide Web user. Is that a safe assumption? Have you have you talked to Iron <laughs> Eagle? I I have, but he, I'm he thinks I'm from another century. I'm trying to set it up nicely here without it, you know. <laughs> I, since I knew, but you know, a lot of there are a lot of people in sports media who who don't use the internet, uh, but they get reports from people on what's going on. So I, I'm wondering. I will say on the on the every year on the date of that send it in Jerome call every sports blog and sports site celebrates the anniversary of that call. So, wow, thank, I did not know that. Oh yeah, every year when you know, thanks to YouTube, every year we uh, we always post that call and we always celebrate that call. Uh, send it in Jerome. 
Well, you know, Jimmy, CB, excuse me, ESPN a few years ago had a had a bunch of us down in Charlotte for a coaches thing, mm-hmm. you know, pre-tournament. Yep. And uh, they surprised me because it was the date of the Jerome Lane dunk. Right. And they had Jerome on a two-way. Yep. And anyhow, uh, he said to me, thanks, Mr. Raff, for making me famous. And I, I said to him, thanks, Jerome, for making me famous, you know. But he, he, the cute thing, he said, when his son, his son didn't, he would tell his son how to do things on the court. And, you know, typical son, they figured the father doesn't know anything. Right. <laughs> and, and they would replay that play. And the kid finally realized his father must have been really good. So <laughs> he broke a backboard, yeah. Kid to believe it. Yeah, exactly. That'll do the trick. When when you make the 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 calls you're known for, Onion, send it in, Nickel Dimer. Do you are, are you consciously thinking about not overdoing it and picking your spots with it, or you just do everything naturally and you don't overthink? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. This I sometimes I said to myself. You know, you've said that, like, why? It's just, you know, I guess I try and be as modest with it as I can, you know, or you know, not not bore people, but certain things just seem to fit, and I try and use it then. But it it is funny. You, you, I don't want to be known as just having sayings, you know right. what I mean? I, I'd rather do some quality work, or hopefully I did. Well, it's, but, a, it's uh, about doing both, and I think you've done both. That's you have your sayings, but everyone, think, well, whoever it fits, and if it if it can be descriptive, it's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, it saves a lot of airtime. Well, I'll say this: listen, everyone loves onions. No one would ever dispute that. I mean, that's onions <laughs> is, but I think nickel dimer is the best. That to me is the perfect yeah. description of it. I usually would say ticky tack foul, but nickel dimer is genius. That's that's a beauty right well, there. Uh, the, the the funny thing about it is, you know, as, as you or me sitting in the stands and you see like all this pushing and shoving under the basket and they come down the court at half court and the kid touches the other guy and you go, give me a break. Come on, yeah. let's play the game. You know, that's what you say it in the stands. So that's sort of why that, how that thing came up, you yeah. know. And, then, and when you when you finally got to call the final four for CBS, uh, this is your fifth one five years ago, there, there really was an outpouring of, of just genuine happiness from people that you got that opportunity. So I don't think you have to worry about anything you've accomplished because in this business, that, that's rare that people are happy for someone. So, um, Well, that's nice to hear. I yeah. appreciate it. Was that was – that, um, was that – a satisfying obviously you were rolling along and I think you were the second team with Vern and you guys were just obviously so phenomenal together but then you get that bump to the number one at that point in your career you already established you already made is it still a big deal to get that bump from the number two team to the number one team or by then were you just like whatever I don't care no no I think it's it's a tremendous honor and and you know obviously an obligation too yeah uh I mean I did the radio for many years with Westwood and uh, the finals, you know, with John Thompson and Kevin Kugler most recently. And so I had, I've been sort of aware of what transpired from a media standpoint during that four days, five days. But it's still, uh, you know, like all of a sudden, uh, I, I never looked ahead or tried to want something or covet something that uh, I just did whatever I was assigned to do and never even thought that this would happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some unfortunate circumstances, obviously, and uh, Sean was nice enough to give me a chance. And, I, I, you know, it's like one of those things you don't say no. Right. But if it never if it never happened, it would not have been the end of the world for me because I liked 
you know, I like a game in November. It may not mean as much as it does in March and April, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I sort of just try and, you know, stay on balance about it and yet uh, realize how fortunate I am that Sean gave me an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's funny, as a fan, I was torn because I loved you so much with Vern, but I wanted you to get that number one gig. So it was, it was a little give and take there, it seemed like, because you were great. You were so great. You and Vern were so great together. Uh, Vern's such a class act. You know, he's, I think, like most of us, uh, the test of time, you know, the Dick Embergs, of course, and, uh, you know, Bob Costas and Brent and, you know, guys that have been around forever uh, and they can do any sport. Uh, right. Yeah. Plus the, the quality of the guy and the enjoyment. He was sort of everybody's uncle, like Uncle Vern almost, yep. you know? Yep. Uh, so uh, it was just a. There's such a certain goodness about him that I think played well and people ascertain watching the game. Uh, but then, then you know, I'm with another legend now, Long and the Bakey, really, in yep. Jim, who, like any, you know, guys that are successful, just, you know, working with two other people is not easy. And, and I think they just sacrifice so much. And, and Jim is, uh, you know, it's become a little bit of a family, the three of us, you know, mm-hmm. so... That that part of it uh, has made it obviously uh, an enjoyment and a thrill for me as well. Speaking of family, you you mentioned Ian Eagle earlier, who I did have on this podcast a couple of months ago, and he told some great <laughs> Bill Raftery stories. I will tell you that. You did deny those, though. I hope you know. Don't believe everything <laughs> that guy tells you. <laughs> and I know, I know, you and I have become family, basically. Uh, over the years, and I asked him this question. I'm gonna. I, I want to ask you because I'm. I'm here in New York. Grew up here, and I grew up watching the Knicks and Nets locally. And you and Nyan did the Nets for a very, very, very long time. And during that entire period, the Nets were pretty much terrible. How was that experience <laughs> of, you know, having to churn out a broadcast every night when the team was just never in the playoffs and always pretty much out of it after the first night? Well, I, I think I think we looked at it the, the same way as though that there, there you, you certainly have an obligation, and 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 it's meaningful to everybody in that organization and the fans that they have. So uh, you know, just just the the unfortunate part about working with Ian is that I would like to go back to the room and prepare for the next day, and this guy wanted, wanted to roam the streets. It was really embarrassing. I don't know how I, I gained control over him. But uh, I think he would have said the same thing. It's like, you know, you go into each game hoping they play well. And uh, interestingly enough, in one of those tough years, uh, excuse me, Kevin Edwards, yeah, but uh, it was, I I thought it was Miami, but Bird says Orlando, uh, where Kevin Edwards made a jumper at the buzzer where I first said onions. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I have no recall. You know, he's like a genius anyhow. Yeah. And I don't argue with him on facts. But, uh, you know, we, we, we enjoyed it and we had fun. And we, you know, we sort of died a little with the with the organization if they struggled. And we were blessed late to get those two finals. Although we, Nets didn't do too well. Yeah. But I started out with a bang when the Nets beat the Sixers after the year after the Sixers won in early 80s. So uh, I, I, my beginning and ends were pretty good. The <laughs> middle was sort of, you know, not not quite up to standard. It, but at least for Ian, during those rough years in the middle, he got to go out with Bill Raftery afterwards. 
<laughs> well, sometimes I got you know he he just he's uh, he's got too much self control now. I can't influence him. I can't influence uh, he'll go out, but he won't he won't stay. You know he's uh, uh, you know his career's gone in a different direction. Obviously, yeah. he's got so many more obligations, and uh, you know talking about all these fellas that have done well with their broadcasting lives and he's going to be one of the best ever too when he's all finished and one of those typical uh, astute broadcasters that can do anything at the drop of you know you ask him to do something uh he'd be able to handle it yeah i think i think he if i'm not i'm 99.9 percent sure he did say that in his younger days you know, you would try to encourage him to go out, maybe have an adult beverage with him after the game, and he tried to play it off like, you know, you tried to, like, bully him into going out, and he was all ready to go to bed and tuck into his hotel room. I don't know if I bought that, but I think that's how, well, we, that's how know, we tried to portray it's it. partially true. You know, he's, <laughs> he used to hang a little bit, but uh, now he's got uh, an event. He's got an event the next morning, afternoon, and night, so he watches himself a little bit better. Who Who have been the fun people for you? to hang with after a game in broadcasting? Uh, anybody, I'm, anybody I'm with, really. <laughs> I mean, I've never, you know, all the guys seem to, you know, that's all part of it, you know, and I think people understand that. Like, if you, if you have a weekend game, you get there on a Friday, you're going to watch a practice and, and go to dinner and chat. And if you have to stay over Saturday night, that's another good night. You just get to know people. And, yeah. you know, there's more to the people you hear on air. Uh, there's so much substance and, uh, so much quality uh, that the enjoyment and stories are uh, just amazing. You know, Vern wrote his book, and, you know, there's so many stories that every guy that's on the air has. And uh, the only the only regret I have now is all those years of abusing young guys on their way up. <laughs> Come on, what are you going to bed for? Let's go. You're young. Let's keep it going. <laughs> now I have a standard that, unfortunately, uh, some nights I wish I didn't have to meet. Yeah, but uh, that's all. It's all part of it. Yeah. It, well. Uh, if you go on like the lighter schedule, then maybe you can hang a little more. But you still do that full schedule at the Big East, and you're, and you got the CBS. You're all, you know, you still, uh, you still, you're still working hard. It's it's yeah, impressive. Well, I, I, I think uh, the the word work. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people that will be listening really have difficult tasks every day. Right. And I just think we're we're all lucky because we're in that fun world, the playland of of athletics so uh it's a joy and and just to I, I you know it's part of your obligation to you know delayed flights canceled flights bad weather uh days away but uh there's thousands of people who would love to see you're getting to cover a game or be a part of the action so uh i, I don't consider it real difficult i just consider it obviously an honor yeah. but uh, it just but- brings so much to uh to so many people and hopefully you you just don't mess it up. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not comparing, you know, broadcasters to, you know, people out there who were doing construction or any, something like right, that. But I'm just right. saying at the end of the tour, I mean, I think with broadcasters the travel is a, is a big part of it and that could I could I could see that wearing you down a little bit. And you do have to do your prep work, your research and then you're on live TV. There's there's something to that. When the tournament's over, that Monday night when the nets are cut and and it's all over, are you exhausted or you still feel pretty good? When it's all over, uh, you know, I, I think it's just. Hopefully, you had a game that was, you know, finished or, or decided in the last moment or two. Uh, but no, I don't think I don't think it's exhaustion as much as uh, 
you know, just being a part of the action and actually saying, what the heck am I going to do for the rest of the summer now? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's like, uh, now I've got to get into the real world where, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to be busy. But the, the good thing about the off season is you get more time with family and friends and opportunities, whether it's travel or, uh, you know, more entertainment type of things that you get yourselves involved in. How, how many grandkids do you have now? We have five. Five, okay. We have five, yeah. And do they know, do they get a kick out of seeing you on the TV? Uh, I, you know, I, 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 they would best answer it. I, I think once in a while, although uh, here's a quick uh, story about how important it is to everybody in our family. Mm. A few years back, I was in Indiana doing a game and, uh, I'm at the airport and we had the early game, whoever I was working with, I don't recall, but I called home and I said, Hey, how you doing? John said, uh, what time's your game? I said, well, the game's over. <laughs> uh, she said, well, look, I can't talk to you now. Jimmy and I are on. Jimmy and I were doing the late game. So that's how important <laughs> I am at my house. So they blew you off to watch Ian. That's phenomenal. Right, exactly. That's that how is, big he is in our house. That is phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, in, in doing a little bit of research for this, I saw your record as a head coach. Seton Hall, you were 154 and 141. And overall, as a head coach, you were 217 and 188. How come the coaching career came to an end? There was never a thought to get back into it. Was it once broadcasting came, you just took off with that? What happened with the coaching? Well, uh, you know, I've told the story a few times, but uh, basically, excuse me, I was at Seton Hall. The the ESPN started in 79. Right. And... uh, uh, Scotty Connell and Chet Simmons in the fall of that year. I'm at Seton Hall, and I left in 81, so it's two years before. They they had a meeting in the fall, and they said, look, we should have a guy come to the studio who's an active coach who we're sure won't make the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. So so that was me. And uh, so for two years, I went up there, and I'd sit with Dick Vitale and Bob Lee before – you know, everybody knew what those four letters, you know, four letters meant. Yeah. ESPN. So, at any rate, Dave Gabbitt did the color analysis uh, of the uh, Big East on ESPN, mm-hmm. and uh, I had said to him, you know, someday I might like to do that. So, in the fall of '81, '82, uh, we had started two weeks of practice, and Dave called and said, "You've got two days to decide if you want to do this announcing." You know. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. And I did it. And, and the, the reason we're, we're just a couple, the reason was we were now in the league with the Syracuse, Georgetown, eventually UConn, St. John's, right. and we could play with them once and maybe get a win here and there. But we just, we weren't big enough. The philosophy wasn't there, the structure, the support, and it hadn't changed in quite a few years. And I just felt that you know, would be, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity to stay in the game and, and take a shot. So I left, and Hadi Mahan started 9-0 and with a, a team we had. They beat Houston and Notre Dame, and then three kids were declared ineligible. <laughs> so at any rate, the, the bottom line is he ended up near 500, and then P.J. got the job. Right. And P.J., the first couple of years, had pretty much the same budget that we had. So nothing had changed in four or five years. So he paid for it, he, you know, mightily. And then he turned it around, did a fantastic job, and things got on the up and up. Right. Uh, you know, Dave, Dave forced Seton Hall to reinvest in their, 
athletics, not just basketball. And that's what started it. So I knew it would have been painful if I had stayed. I would, you know, you're not in a position to change much at that point in your life. But I, I just got into it, and the first year was hard. Uh-huh. You know, I enjoy, I really enjoyed it, and I loved the kids. But, you know, we had Danny Calandrillo, who's one of our favorite kids, and obviously Big East Player of the Year uh, that year, that he, his senior year. But uh, after that, I got into the swing of things. I mean, I really got to like it. You know, I was part of, uh, you know, the, the juices were still flowing about the X's and O's, and yet I didn't have the obligations or – the highs are never as high as a coach or a team can have, but the lows are never like, you know, a guy that's got to get on a bus and try and resurrect kids who just got beaten up pretty good. Right. Funny how it works out because then obviously you end up building this career and, and now leads to you calling the, the final four. It's, it's uh, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You never, you never know what's out there. But yeah. I would say this to any young people listening. When I left, we had the four, Billy was just born uh, in 81 and, I left for nine games, eight hundred dollars, seventy-two hundred dollars. Wow! That's all. That's all I had. And uh, ESPN gave me. Uh, they gave me like twenty-five games at five hundred dollars. NBC gave me four games at a, you know, a, a little more. Obviously, I don't even remember the amount. And I started with a bank immediately, and I stayed there for geez, maybe fifteen, eighteen years, and loved every minute of that business aspect. And we had the Giants, the Jets, the Meadowlands, the casinos were coming in. So we were like salesmen. Right. And uh, so I could go do what I wanted. I couldn't even balance my checkbook. And um, they're calling <laughs> me a banker, you know. But at any rate, life turned, uh, turned out great. And I've been fortunate with, you know, great wife and four great kids and a bunch of grandchildren. So I couldn't be happier. It's a great story. And I know, I know you have a birthday coming up in April. Yeah, do you go year by year now? Do you do you have a retirement plan? Do you gonna work till? I mean, I I had John Sterling on this podcast, um, who's eighty, never misses a Yankee game. He said basically he's doing this until the end. He has no thoughts of retiring ever. And um, but you know everyone's different. People have families. Maybe they want to slow right. down, hang it up. You ever think about it, or you just you don't even? I I really haven't thought about it. You know I I, I you know I'd love for them to say, well, you know what, maybe it's time. Versus me saying it's time. I mean, I enjoy it, and it's, you know, you're, it, there's there's so much satisfaction, in it and you just want to make sure you stay sharp and 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 be a credit to your trade type of thing. And I think John's probably saying the same thing. I mean, yeah. it is enjoyment. I mean, I just love all aspects of it. I mean, there's really no downside uh, other than maybe a game that doesn't turn out quite the way you like it. But you're working with great people that are dedicated. You know these brilliant young kids. I call them the Google boys. <laughs> you know they're, they're going to they're going to be the stars of the future. Right. In the, you know production or on air, and they really do give you a lot of juice too. So well, don't don't tell know, don't give good. don't give CBS that choice. We don't we don't want you we don't want them telling you. It's, don't don't even put that <laughs> well, out there. Sean, don't yeah. tell Sean. Don't tell Sean. I said that we might have to edit that out of this. That's the beauty of a podcast. Maybe I'll edit that out. I don't even want that out there in the universe. <laughs> Um, okay. you, you mentioned the Google boys. I'll wrap up this way. It, you know, listen, my dad's 75. I was at, at the house yesterday. He, I mean, he has an iPhone. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to watch TV on demand. He doesn't know what he's doing. Do you ever feel like <laughs> you ever feel like, do you ever feel like the technology has moved? So, you know, in such a way where 
you, you do you feel ever behind or you you have people doing that stuff for you and it's no you can still do everything the same or do you have envy people who can do the technology or you don't you don't care well you know i i have i have an ipad for example which gives me That's all good. my uh, all my games all right uh you know and I, i've got the iphone uh, but I'm, I'm, I can relate certainly with your dad. Uh, your dad's probably one of those guys who says, get the guy when anything breaks. I'm right? the guy. I'm work. the guy. You're the guy. I'm right? the tech the guy. guy. Yeah. Exactly. So our, our kids laugh at this uh, sometimes. They have no patience with us. You sound like uh, my dad Johnny. now. That's what he says to yeah. me. <laughs> so at any rate but yeah no i mean it's amazing plus the, the the research that's done for you uh that's handed to you by these brilliant kids is uh you know makes your job sort of you just come in and you know know your x's and o's and uh you know the ups and downs of what the program's doing and uh you get that kind of support um it, it makes your job a lot easier it's a great facilitator and is it safe to say we'll never see you on Twitter? Oh my God, never, <laughs> never. You 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 quoted me once. I oh think, yeah, I you, did. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. It's like what you think is funny uh, when you're standing there with a lemonade is <laughs> not quite so funny uh, out on the air. You know, the interpretation certainly lost, but that that's not the reason. I'm just you know, I, I just want to do the games yeah. and mind my own business. You know, everybody's got their own way of doing things and. Uh, you know, if I if I ever have to apologize for something, hopefully it's something on the air that is obviously innocently said and thinking you're somewhat humorous. But uh, I, I just think if you do a lot of those things once in a while, you step on your toes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're better off without it. And obviously you don't need it because you're doing just fine. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, Fifth. Jim, you're great. Thanks, pal. Sorry we took so long to hook no, up. No, that's right. I'm going to get you and Ian in here together over the summer just to tell some story. I mean, you need to defend yourself because Ian comes out there and tells some stories, and you know, you you might want to clear your good I, name there. I, I, well, I, I don't want to defame him. You know, he's young in his career. I don't want to ruin it yeah. or be an obstacle in his uh, success or future. But uh, as you know, he's a special guy, yeah. and... Uh, um, one of my dear friends. I, I guess I should. Add, I mean, I'm, we're about to finish. I didn't even ask you. You got a final four you want to throw out there, or at least a fi- oh, or, or, or finals. You, know, you want to just I, do the finals? I, yeah. Over the weekend, we were you know trying to come up with a surprise team, and I thought Tennessee would be a surprise on the one line, mm-hmm. and they you know Auburn of course took care of them. Uh, the kids stopped asking me years ago to help fill out a bracket. Uh, you know, I don't have any surprises at different times. I've liked Gonzaga. Uh-huh. Uh, I've also liked Virginia a lot, and uh, you know we all know that uh, Duke is Duke with all the talent. Right. That doesn't mean they're going to win it because of youth. You know that that's all part of it. And of course, Carolina is another club. But you know, Michigan State this weekend looked good. I think Michigan is in pretty good shape too, going out west from what I've read. Right. You know, I think they they may end up playing Gonzaga. Uh, you know, whereas Michigan State, who won three, may have to play Duke. Uh, you know, along the way. So uh, those are some of the hot topics, I guess, or hot yeah. schools, I should say. Do you- but, uh, you know, the other one the other one I brought up the other day, and, and the only reason I love them is I had them against Kansas, and they got bopped pretty good. It was Texas Tech. And the reason I like them, they've got a great player in Culver, but their defense is something else, you know. So, you know, there's always a surprise or somebody who gets gets on a roll and defense travels. That's yeah. that's why I like them. 
And Virginia, certainly, their their defense travels. Do you fill out a bracket? Do you do any pulls? No, not yeah. really. I, I don't even try. I Is mean, that... uh, I shouldn't say I don't try. Once in a while, I'll fiddle with it on an airplane or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I try and – not that it keeps you neutral, but uh, yeah. it's always interesting to be wowed when you see a score. I feel like the bracket is like the the least controversial thing an announcer could do in terms of like conflict or interest or or being neutral. You don't want to bet a game, obviously, and all that stuff. But the bracket is just like everyone does these pools. It's almost like you can't escape it. So I was, that's why I was just curious. Right, yeah. right. Well, because you asked, I'll do one. How's that? All right. Well, make it a big money one at least if you're gonna you know if you're gonna dip your toe in the water. Let's go right in the deep end. All right. You guys kick it off on Friday, the second day of the the tournament. Looking forward to it and enjoy it. Good luck. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate Thanks, it. Amazing. Have a great day. Pal. You too. Take, Take care. You too. Bye bye. All right. It was so fun to talk to Bill Rafter. Really loved it. If you don't like Bill Raftery, there's something wrong with you. That's just he's one of those guys. So that was great. My thanks to Bill Raftery. Hope you guys enjoyed Jack Dickey at the top. Like I said, every podcast, every SI Media podcast, we'll do a little media. Uh, riff at the top and then get into our interview and uh, make sure you subscribe rate and review the podcast there's good stuff in the archives roman reigns if you're a wrestling fan last week we've got stugatz from espn in the archives from a couple of weeks ago Uh, if you go back a little bit maybe a couple of months steve carell is in there so check it all out rate review we appreciate it and we'll see you next week right here on the sports illustrated media podcast At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.